Welcome to Spill the Char podcast, where you join us, Phoebe, Elsa, Lauren and Joelle on our virtual terrace as we discuss the British Asian female experiences today. We hope we will help, inspire and encourage you. So grab a drink and come join us in today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Spill the Char. Today we're in the mood for a DMC, a deep meaningful conversation, and we want to highlight that it's okay to be vulnerable and verbalise your feelings. Hopefully some of you might be able to relate and be reminded that we're all human. So question number one, we have, how often do you admit that you're wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it depends on who it's to. Mm. True. Do you think it's harder to admit that you're wrong to people you're closer with or kind of people like your acquaintances? I think it's harder to admit that you're wrong to someone you're close with. Yeah. You're more invested and you kind of know them better, mm-hmm. well, better than an acquaintance. Acquaintance. If it's like, I don't know, someone at, at uni or something, like I got a, a question wrong or like, you know, I forgot to do something for a group work then I'll just be like okay whatever like it'll, it'll be a bit like oh I don't want to admit it but it's not as deep as yeah I guess it depends what the topic is as well mm. what you're wrong about that's so true <laughs> yeah because if it's something really deep then admitting you're wrong I guess some people can see that as a sign of weakness yeah definitely I think it's harder if it's someone you're closer to Uh, Also, I think because I was more stubborn back then, I thought it was quite hard to admit that I was wrong. So it took me longer because normally, like, I'll fight to the point where I know that I'm wrong, but I'll keep fighting it. (laughs) It's it's really stupid. (laughs) But then, like, it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably am wrong. But it'll take me, like, maybe an hour or so for me to admit it. An hour's not that bad. Yeah, but that's because the whole hour I literally just sit down, like, thinking, I'm like, hmm, what do I say? (laughs) (laughs) well what what made you decide that it's not worth it to do that anymore i think yeah because that also shows like when you have to admit that you're wrong to a person that you're closer to you're more willing to admit that you're wrong rather than lose that person kind of thing yeah like the opposite isn't worth it Mm. very true i find that also when you admit that you're wrong well i find that when i admit that i'm wrong and then you can actually like talk about it yeah yeah (laughs) rather than trying to like (laughs) suppress the issue and then I find that it also makes you closer or at least understand each other more I think sometimes I find it hardest admitting I'm wrong with my parents because I'm always like (laughs) can you not like see how I'm seeing things friends I feel like it's a bit easier yeah especially with family yeah I feel like a lot of the times arguments and stuff probably arise from both parties not admitting that they're wrong yeah like I don't even think it's you have to be wrong you just have to be willing to like see the other side Mm. you can obviously your feelings are still valid but you still have to drop the pride you don't want to argue anymore (laughs) from all of our answers i guess we don't admit we're wrong enough (laughs) (laughs) i think it's definitely a pride issue yeah Yeah. leading on to the second question if you went to a therapist today what would they say is holding you back the most I think um, the therapist would probably say myself, probably because my tutor always used to say that I was quite lazy, so um, that probably is the thing that holds me back the most. Being lazy is the thing that holds you back the most? More like I'm more likely to find my way out of things or find the easiest way to do things, which is what holds me back, I think. I think for me, it'll probably be like fear of not being good enough. Mm. 
that would probably be the thing that's like holding me back so there's probably stuff that i could do but i probably wouldn't do because i've been oh yeah no i'll never be good enough for that mm. i feel like even doing this podcast i feel like for a long time we debated like oh who's gonna listen to it or like mm. like what are people gonna think or like what's the what's the point kind of thing i guess it doesn't really matter in the end does it yeah mm. i think for me what's holding me back for a lot of things is that I like to know what's going to happen and I get quite nervous um, and sometimes that will hold me back if I can't, if it's something uncertain and I don't see a clear path or it's a bit contentious or something, I'm not feeling 100% comfortable because I like being comfortable and I think that's definitely something that holds me back. If I, if I, if I feel like it's really putting me out of my comfort zone, um, I might try and avoid it. I got a sub question for you, like, when was the last time you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone? Uh, when was the last time I pushed myself out of my comfort zone? Oh, that's an interesting one. Because um... from your answer, you said that you like you, you you tend to be quite comfortable where you are, and you might not. I don't know. I'm just curious. That's so true. Actually, now the fact that I'm thinking about it so hard actually shows that I really don't do it very often. I say sometimes that oh, I'm doing this is out of my comfort zone, but I'm like, nah, it's not. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and so now I'm like, oh yeah, this is really difficult, but it's all within. But I've never. I don't think I've ever done something which is like completely completely out of my comfort zone would you say you're like on the boundary of the comfort zone not quite out of the comfort <laughs> I'm, zone yeah I'm always on the boundary I'll kind of test the waters mm. this is really stupid but one example of this for me the biggest thing is driving I don't like motorway driving I don't motorway drive and so I've managed somehow for the past two and a bit years to not go on a motorway by myself or to not go on an A road like <laughs> by myself, which I think, to be fair, is very impressive on my part. That is literally completely out of my comfort zone. It scares me so much that I. That is definitely something that holds me back. Lauren, isn't it the fastest way to get to Elsa and I's house by motorway? No, actually, the fastest way is to get. I can get. I can go through like the back roads anyway but <laughs> that's like that's so i i that's that's one of my ways of like avoiding things so what about you Joel? what is holding me back the most i don't like to say it but i think sometimes what people think and i think it's most of the time it's when it's something that i'm unsure about if it's something i'm personally sure about then like what people say or think isn't particularly important but like if it's something that i'm still kind of deciding or I'm not quite sure about, then that's when I'll, like, look for other people's opinions and kind of, like, take them on a bit more than I normally would. So that's something I would say. Mm. Yeah. What is one thing people assume about you that you wish wasn't true? Oh, oh. I've said this before, I think. It's like when um, when they think that just because I'm, like, a short Chinese-Asian girl that I can't, like, do a job just as well as them. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lauren and Joel? I think for me, it's definitely when people hear that you're 20, they'll call us, well anyway, like millennials or Generation Z, and they'll put a very negative connotation to it. Um, so they'll be like, oh, you guys are so entitled, you guys are quite spoiled, like you've never really, like, you know, you don't understand hardship. And I think to an extent, like, yes, I mean, compared to other generations, like it is different. We all experience things differently. But I think it's this kind of blanket assumption 
um, about entitlement, which I find quite difficult to grasp with sometimes, because I feel very grateful for all the opportunities my parents have given me and all the sacrifices my family has given me. But I feel like I will never be able to show my gratitude enough to the point where they be, other generations will say, oh, okay, you are very grateful and you're not entitled to everything that's been given to you. I don't know whether anyone else has experienced that. I've noticed that sometimes with older generations. And I, I do think it's a, it's not a criticism on like them or anything like that. I think it's just how a lot of the world sees younger people in different, and just understanding mm. everyone's intergenerational experiences because that can be a sticking point. But I don't know whether anyone else kind of feels that with their family or... I feel like I can feel myself doing that to the younger ones, like people younger than me. I feel like even mm-hmm. I look at my cousins who are like under 10, I'm like, how how are they doing this? What are these people doing if they're like younger? There's some sort of, yeah, like Lauren said, it's every single generation, the younger, like youth, everyone's got some sort of like obsession with them being bad or negative. But the funny mm-hmm. thing is, we all forget that we were once that age as well. <laughs> mm. But I guess my answer to the question, I think people think that I've got my life together or like I'm put together or anything. Not that I don't want that to be true, but I feel like it can be quite suffocating sometimes. Like I feel like I've got pressure to be a certain way or like do things a certain way or not do something. I guess maybe sort of like a assumption people might some people might have is that because I'm an only child I'm quite spoiled oh so annoying because yeah I don't know um that seems to be an assumption that some people have but I don't think it's true but obviously it's hard it's like when you say it's not true then people are just like it's true but you're just like yeah trying to say it's not true like there are loads of children who are only children (laughs) so yeah the three of us are (laughs) (laughs) oh relate such level Because I feel like some people assume that because I'm an only child, I just get given things. Mm. Or it's easier for me to have an opportunity because there's not, like, another sibling that I need to think about. Okay, next question. What parts of yourself do you still seek validation for? So, for me, I think it's doing work or, like, what I do, even though I know I shouldn't be. (laughs) If it's about who I am, that's fine. Um... And um, like when it comes to like people I'm close with, that's definitely something that matters a lot. Interesting. Do we give you enough validation? <laughs> yes. It's very hard to answer the question because mm. like I don't seek it. Mm. Do you get what I mean? I don't seek the validation, even though it'd be nice to get it. Mm. I think a typical answer for me would maybe be my outward p- appearance. Um, oh yeah, I was thinking that as well. I know you can't blame everything on social media. But I feel like social media does still sometimes play quite a big part in it. Yeah. Um, I think Phoebe and I mm. relate to that on a level. <laughs> I find I do sometimes struggle, especially with body image and that kind of stuff as well. It can be quite suffocating. And sometimes you just need to take a step back and think about it. And why are you, why are you feeling this way? Like personally, like over lockdown, there's been a lot of stuff about like, oh, since you're not going out, as much you should be doing yeah home exercising or you should be doing fasting at home since you're not walking to places and some of us like, oh yeah that's fair enough like I'm not I'm not walking around as much or I'm not doing I'm not as active but then that kind of stuff or why are you actually doing it like what's it for I don't really know where I was going with that 
that as well though. I feel like sometimes I want to look a certain way so that people like compliment you, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. want to be perceived a certain way, like put together or whatever. Yeah. So, like, certain things, like, I don't think I've ever gone outside wearing tracksuit bottoms, <laughs> which sounds really which sounds really stupid, but I've never, I genuinely have never, if I was going to a social event or anything, or even just going... Even, like, going to Sainsbury's? I think I've filled up my car with petrol and, and track keys, but I've never... I, well, when the supermarket was my only social event of the year, of the week, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then I would, I would wear jeans and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, I think, yeah, social media definitely has a big impact on like body image and all of that. But yeah, I definitely recommend having days off social media, particularly Instagram. Mm. Like, just don't scroll. Like, you guys will see me. Like, when I scroll, I literally don't even properly scroll. <laughs> don't look. I, don't, I literally don't look. Like, you see me scroll and I don't even watch all the stories. Yeah, I think it's just knowing your boundaries and just being like, yep, that's enough. I'm not going to. And you know what? Unfollow people that don't make you make you feel good. Like mm. if they're making you feel a certain way, like maybe negative about yourself, then you know, then follow button is right there. Oh, that's what I'm always worried about. What do you mean? Like I'm worried that if I like unfollow people, they'll be like, oh, there's beef. Like, or like just mute them. You don't have to unfollow them. Yeah, that's true. All right, next question. When was the last time you lowered your standards just to get someone else's approval? Oof, another deep one. I guess for me, it's not like that I lowered my standard, it's that I held myself back just to keep the other person happy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or like not mm, get into conflict mm. with the other person. Especially when it comes to like expressing my views and stuff. I don't know if it's lowering standards or anything, but like going to uni, you meet a lot of people who are quite different to you, right? So like you just adjust to the way people speak, the way people do things. Do you think you are less of yourself because of those? adjustments i don't think so but like holding yourself back and not saying too much i've learned to do that because learn from past experiences when you have too much information and it somehow spills out it kind of backfires on you (laughs) maybe if i rephrasing the question a little bit i guess from a christian point of view to get someone else's approval say like if they were a non-christian have you ever lowered some of your standards oh i know i think for me well, I hear a lot anyway with a lot of Christians who are Christians growing up. When they go to university, that is the biggest time that they um, kind of lower their Christian standards or Christian values in order to fit in to university culture. And that's a massive, I think that's a massive part. Oh, yeah. I remember in like first year, like my friends would go out on a Saturday and I'll be like, oh, I can't go. I have to go to church the next day. And they'll be like, oh, just another day. You're like, they're just like, oh, a church girl kind of thing. And I was like, that makes it sound really bad, but... Or, like, not an accepted thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, for me, no one was outrightly disrespectful of it or anything like that. And no one was, like, kind of against me (laughs) going to church or whatever. But it was more like I felt that I had to hide sometimes certain things in order to feel like I fit in and assimilate more into the university culture. I think especially yeah. when you first, when you're 18 and you're, and you're first going to university, like you're trying to make friends. Like the main thing is you just want to be able to fit in. And for me, I thought like, oh, I'm going to have to kind of hide this massive part of myself but in reality like if you're trying to hide this massive part of yourself why are you trying to fit into that circle anyway 
because I then I think then you kind of got to ask yourself that question mm. and that's not even that's not even just about Christianity that could be about anything like if you feel like you have to hide a part of yourself from a group of friends yeah. I guess you should then be questioning but why am I doing that preach, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I should have heard this when I was 18 I know I wish someone told oh, well. me this actually I wish I had more understanding of this but I can only say this looking back at it and with everything hindsight is a wonderful thing <laughs> true moving on to the next question will you ever feel okay with being imperfect i feel like when i was younger i was like oh i want to always have people like me and you always want to please everyone and make everyone like Mm -hmm. you kind of thing but i think now i'm just like if you don't like me you can like leave you know Mm. yeah it's like we don't like everyone so you can't expect everyone to like you i think that's just the mentality Mm -hmm. that i've had for a while now and yeah I think in terms of like thinking back like when I was younger in my teens being a certain way was like a very big thing I felt like I don't know if it's maybe because I went to all girls school but it's quite toxic to always just be surrounded by these like beauty standards I remember maybe like 14 15 when like having a thigh gap or like oh yeah I remember that popping collarbones and all of that or hip bones and all of that was like the thing and back then I would always be like why why do I not have those features like is does that make me imperfect but over the years I've definitely grown to just you know it's not so much these like beauty standards because they're like trends next thing you know people want like wide hips and (laughs) all of that yeah um yeah I think over the years I've definitely become okay with how I view myself and reminding myself there's not how society views myself like my identity is not in people it is in God yes (laughs) I think when when Elsa said in my teens, I was like, guys, we're no longer in our teens. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> never thought of that before. I guess one big thing was like being Chinese. Growing up in UK, I was always like, oh, other ethnicities are so much prettier than being Chinese for me. So I'd always want to be like, I want to have bigger eyes, different hair colour, I guess. <laughs> well, but um, yeah, I guess that was one thing I got over because... Now, like, I fully embrace the Asian Chinese culture, which I never used to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, coming off of Phoebe's point, I think there's a book that I came across on Instagram. It's by this author called Joanna Ho, I think. She wrote a book called The Eyes That Touch the Corners or something. I'll leave a link to it in the description, but... I think it's The Eyes That Kiss the Corners. Yes, the eyes that kiss the corners. <laughs> so much more poetic than touch the corners. But it's about like this East Asian girl that learns to accept her eyes and her features and stuff like that, which I think is like really cute. I pre-ordered it and I thought I might give it to like someone cool. who's like younger, I don't know, cousins or one of your children maybe. <laughs> when is it out? Twenty twenty one sometime. But I'll put the details in the description. But my answer to will you ever feel okay with being perfect? Um I guess I don't like not being Perfect, but perfect is my own kind of standard anyway. I just need to be okay with not reaching unrealistic standards that Mm. I set myself or like goals. Mm. Yeah, I think over the years it's definitely so much easier to just let it go. But I got a question for you. What is perfect? Perfect for me is being able to do everything I set out to do, which is obviously not going to ever happen because you are going to slip up or like make mistakes or whatever. Yeah, like perfectionism. I think that's something that is really difficult 
I think I'm less of a perfectionist as I used to be. I'm trying to be more accepting of like when things go wrong or when I don't do my best. But kind of going on from what Joel was saying, I think it's okay and I think it's good to have goals and to want to do your best and striving to do your best. That is a good thing. But it's knowing the boundary between and the difference between doing your best and trying to attain something perfect or whatever you mm. perceive to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's got to, it's understanding that. I think for me, with every activity I do, I always try to do my best in it. And that's just something that's always been drilled into me. I think it's accepting that it can't always be, mm. yeah, like what you set out for it to be. That's interesting because I just did like a coaching course thing. And there was a exercise that we did. One of the points was that, you know, a lot of the things that we want to do or, for example, like working hard or do your best is good, but they'll always have like a sting Mm -hmm. to it. If you go too far, then it's going to be negative. Mm. Um, And it was a really interesting exercise that like made me kind of flip the script on like how I saw working hard. But yeah. Next question. Mm. When are you most likely to shut people out? I think for me, sometimes I shut people out when I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel I tend to just shut myself out and isolate myself. I don't really know why, but yeah, when I shut myself out from people is my own way of dealing with, okay, I want to stop these negative thoughts. So then I automatically like shut myself out because I don't want to compare myself with other people, right? So mm. when I'm in the zone of I don't feel like I'm good enough and I don't want to, and I tell myself, okay, I've got to stop comparing myself then I'll kind of shut myself out. Do you shut yourself out then, or do you shut other people out? Oh. I guess myself more so than other people. But it kind of comes hand in hand. Because whilst I'm shutting people out, I kind of shut myself out as well. Yeah, I guess I shut people out as a way of like, it's like a coping mechanism of how I kind of cope with my own negative mindset and trying to like break out of it. So yeah, that's how I kind of cope with it. It's not the healthiest, but we're still working on that. Mm. Damn, that was deep. Sorry, guys. I guess for me would be when I feel like people don't understand what I'm going through or, like, I don't know that people have experienced what I'm going through. So I normally just get very cold and don't really speak to people. Yeah, probably when I'm most frustrated at myself when I can't do something well or I'm not doing the best that I can do, then I normally shut people out because I feel like they don't understand or Mm. how... But I don't see the point of them helping me or how they could help me. So I just, yeah. Do you think that helps? I don't think it helps people around me because then I get, I guess they get quite frustrated that I get really cold. Mm. What about you, Lauren? I think I shut people out when it's someone that's close to me and they're criticising my work. I think sometimes I I sometimes find it hard to take criticism. If I I can take it, I can take it from other people that I don't know very well. So like my lecturers, my professors, even friends, like that's okay. But I think for me, people that I'm closest with, like my family, if they're criticizing something, this is really, this is again, really small. But (laughs) I remember one time I got my parents to read my CV and I kid you not, they were like savage. They literally, the number of, you know, on like Microsoft, the edit, I was like, do you know what? Might as well just rewrite the whole thing. Why don't you? More changes. I was like, completely different. And I like obviously worked hard on it. And I was like, oh, I thought this is like a pretty good CV. And my mum and dad were like, just no. I was like, great, great, thanks. But obviously I asked them for help. And so I don't know why I had such, I afterwards, like it kind of like, it made me sad. Cause I was like, oh, like, 
like all the work that I put into it, like they just didn't appreciate it or they just, you know, but I think it is a mindset change. It's under, for me, it's understanding like the reason why I felt like I kind of shut them out after and why I'm worried about giving them work and stuff is because I'm scared that the whole kind of validation thing, like that they will think less of my academic ability or whatever, or they see all these imperfections in it. Mm. But yeah. Have you ever told them this? Well, mum, you're listening to this now. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, when are my most likely to shut up? I think I relate to you, Phoebe, when you said when you get frustrated, when other people like don't get it, or when I feel like I'm not understood by whoever it is that I'm shutting out, then I'll just, just kind of let my frustrations out by myself. <laughs> you know um rather than actually talking to them about it which usually happens in the end when I realize that venting by myself isn't going to change anything whereas like actually talking to them I think going back to the beginning like admitting that you're wrong and having that understanding increasing your empathy Mm. um is really important Mm. and that's something that shutting people out shutting yourself out probably won't help the situation that's my answer damn some deep questions but that rounds off the episode really nicely and hopefully this encouraged you and made me feel like maybe that you're not the only one going through these things and maybe even encourage you to share some of these thoughts with someone whether it's i don't know a friend a family member or like a therapist but yeah so we will see you in our next episode bye Bye. You just finished listening to an episode of Spill the Char podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe, share and leave a review on your favourite podcast player. Follow us on Instagram at spillthechar.pod. And we'll see you back on our virtual terrace on our next episode.